Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome back to another interview-focused episode of the show. First up, I just want to say a quick thank you to everybody who listened and who got in touch about last week's conversation with David Balf of For Those I Love. People seem to have really taken a lot from that episode and that interview, and I'm absolutely delighted, so thank you so much for that. Onwards, though, uh, we're back at it with another conversation, this time looking to help cement a brand new project in electronica and hip-hop union by the name of Regera, one that brings together two of my favourite people in Irish music, two people I'm fortunate enough to call friends, Merley of Rusangano Family, Narrow Lane, and his own solo and production work fame, and Sean Arthur, also known as Cabina, an Amsterdam-based producer and artist who I've always felt, friendship aside, deserves more of a spotlight than he gets, given the creative and prolific nature of his on-the-fringes work over the past handful of years. Very few people, I think, in Irish music work as hard as this guy does. So, you know, let's let, let's hear what he has to say on this episode, shall we? He's opinionated too, which is good. Steely Dan fans might want to avert their ears every now and then. We talk about it on this episode, but at one point it looked like Sean was done with music, uh, done making music. Thankfully, that is currently not the case, and Regera feels like the kind of outlet that plays to his strengths and is elevated on the whole as a result. Matching him vocally every step of the way is Merley, a polymath who right now feels like the dictionary definition of the word momentum. 
Their first single together as Regera was called Terrified. It dropped late last year. Has kind of a John Hopkins vibe and Merley just basically reinventing the form as he always seems to do vocally. The new one, Pressure, arrives on Friday, April the 16th. An album will follow in the summer. One of my absolute favourite things in music is the idea and execution of world building. When crafted correctly, I find it intoxicating. From my spins of this upcoming album so far, that would be my biggest takeaway, that there are worlds here, even when contained by overwhelming headspace. Regera is an exciting project showcasing new skills from Merlian and Cabina, and it was a pleasure to catch up with them, and I had Craig Fitzpatrick alongside me, and find out how all of this came together, what it represents for both guys, where it might be going in the future, and as ever, a whole lot more besides. They're great company, so do check out the new single Pressure when it lands on Friday, and keep an eye for the album in the summer. And now, without further ceremony, here's myself and Craig in conversation with Regera on No Encore. My inhibitions have me terrified, but I'm not going back, no hairline. Flow premium, I've been verified, with no blue tick on my profile. Shot for breath and I'm sealing debts and I ain't to pray for fresh death. The ties are pulling me right to left, my hands cuffed, but I'm not doing the shackle yet. Far from 10 yet, I'm feeling blessed. I know the pain of always being obsessed with everything that will only get you vexed. I heard a press singing, we are the best. I feel a way, swallow away and say thanks to compliments. About all of my prowess, I concentrate on what I do not deserve. Those are the moments I'm prone to swerve. Moments of silence I do not observe. Heartbreaks should be repeated like chorus with bad raps, so I stop and I curse. God knows. Can you quote me a verse? Too full of myself, man, I constipated On a Friday morning, I'm anticipating Petty toss, I'm intoxicated I need detox like Andre Mayday Delighted to be joined on No Encore by two men who I'm very familiar with Very happy to have them back on the show But they're here for a brand new project The brand new project is called Regera And I'm joined by Merley Yo, what's up? Hey man, how are you? And I'm joined as well by Kabina, Sean Arthur, out in Amsterdam. What's the story, man? Yo, how's it going? Woo! Good, thanks. The kind of individual introduction there didn't lend itself to like applause and that kind of stuff, but we did it anyway. I got the applause. <laughs> yeah. Craig Craig always insists on applause. Yeah, but to. um yeah, I'm, I'm quite the hype man. It's it's exciting. It's a Friday evening here. Uh so yeah, so like I'm in I'm in Dublin, Craig's in Kildare, Sean's in Amsterdam, merely you're in Limerick, I presume. I am. This is amazing. This is like the most, I guess, like far-reaching ep- like interview I think we've ever done. Adam's here as well on the call, but he's not gotten a microphone, so he's also in Dublin. So it's really, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a who's who. International. Yeah. International, <laughs> well, yeah. Ireland and um, <laughs> Yeah. I should say, um, before we get going, Merley, we are here to discuss a brand new project, but I feel it would be terribly rude of us if I didn't just say a quick congratulations to you on the recent Choice Music Prize victory. I know yeah. you're going to be super magnanimous. Denise Chyla was the winner, but you did produce the mixtape Go Bravely. So, but for my money, that makes you a two-time Choice Music Prize champion, and there aren't too many of them walking around. So, bravo! Hey, yeah. Also, the, we, the music wins yeah. always. <laughs> yeah, and the listener. Uh, we should praise Merley as well for his bravery coming on the show, um, fresh from that win. Because you know, agreeing to do an interview where the audio is being handled by a fellow nominee. Uh, Nilo producer, Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan, <laughs> with the power to exact revenge with, you know, well chosen drops and inflations. <laughs> nah, he's all love. He's, he's all love. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm not doing a freestyle today. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna chop it up and get you cancelled. <laughs> well, not yet. I mean, but who knows? We'll see how it goes. But yeah, congratulations to you, to Denise, to everyone at Narrow Lane. It's only, like, it's not even that long ago that it happened, but I think it's the first time I've talked to you since. So it would be, like I say, it would be irresponsible of me as a news journalist not to just mention it in passing. But of course, as we say, we're here to talk about Regera. It's a brand new project there's the new single pressure is out now if this podcast is out on the friday or it's out two days beforehand if we drop on the wednesday i'm trying to do the maths in my head as we go but 
this is a, an exciting project. It's one that I'm curious. I, I want to hear the background about how this came together. I mean, was this a case of, you know, realising there was something of substance here worthy of making an entire album? Was that always the plan? Or was it a situation where you guys just worked together and thought it would be one and done? Because it, it is a full-fledged project. It is very much you guys coming together. So we'll start with you, Merle. Uh, how did this project begin in essence? Yeah, so it's actually, it's very interesting because it's like about two years ago, I was in, I was over in Spain um, when I was mixing um, Go Bravely actually at the time. Uh, so I went away to mix the record and while I was away, I was in Granada, I think at the time and Sean hit me up with a, you know, like he sent me like a few beats and then he was like, because we were talking over on Twitter, I think. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to send you, I just made this beat and I think you'll be great on it. So he sent me like four beats, I think. Uh, so I listened to them and I was like, oh yeah, they're not, these are actually great. Like, like I can, I, I'll actually write you more than just one. And then we see which one, you know, ends up being like the song that we put out. And then I went and I recorded like four tracks, I believe, uh, either three or four. And then, uh, so I sent them back to him and then he was like, oh wow, this is actually you know, this is actually good. Maybe we should just continue. Uh, maybe we should do more and get you like a number that we're all happy with and then we might put out an EP. And then from one to another, like, you know, because I, I kept traveling, you know, I was away for that year and I've been like in a different country and then like he sent me new packs of beats and stuff. And then I'll write to them and I was like, okay, cool. Actually, these are actually, I think I'll go and record these too. And before we know, like we ended up with like, a full a full length album and Sean for you was it a case of just constantly pushing this or was it just something that kind of naturally kind of flowed by itself especially because obviously like you know the fact that you're not in the same room I mean I guess you know even if you were both in Ireland at the moment I mean perhaps like would be difficult anyway but I mean like I think one of the interesting things about this project is that it is I guess global spanning you know yeah absolutely I think weirdly enough I had um I'd been making, I suppose, hip-hop beats for quite a while. And then uh, I released a mixtape via District Mag back in 20... Oh, the year they formed, whatever year District Mag started. And then, like, never followed up on it. and couldn't get any... Uh, never followed up on any hip-hop projects after that. I'd worked with a couple of people. And then I think, Murley, you had put out The Invincibles or one of the uh, earlier yeah, right. projects you put uh, on. Yeah, it was, it was like... I had just put out um, Illegible, which was, like, the first single... Out of yeah. the intangible at the time, yeah, yeah. Intangible, sorry. Yeah. And it was so good. And I was like, I think I remember my first message. I said, I hope this doesn't come across like me being a leech, but uh, I really like the new track and I want you to try jump on this particular beat. That was and a illegible, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my uh, insecurity was like, no, that beat won't be good enough. I'll send him five. So he has to like at least one of them. So I sent him five and he did four of them within a day or like two days or something crazy. And then I was like, oh shit, this is something there was just like it was really easy there was no back and forth arguments about the the tracks and it was just like oh i like where you went with that and every time i'd send it murdy would surprise me with like a totally different take to what i thought he would do and i then i would try send him a weirder beat next time and he would send something totally different back and it was just enjoyable and there was no like time constraints or aim it was just like okay let me buzz off this one and then he'd email me and say hey i'm in a different country and i'd be like cool try this one instead yeah it was good 
Yeah, I'm always yeah. I'm always intrigued by how these things kind of start, like the mechanics of it and also the remote working together thing. And like Sean, you're just talking there about like the slight fear of rejection. I think that's probably heightened when you're not in studio together or just hanging out, right? Because you're like waiting for that email, you're waiting for that response. The kind of lag just kind of allows a lot of thoughts to kind of creep up. But it sounds like it was actually yeah. totally smooth. Yeah, like, yes and no. On one hand, it was like, yeah, the fear of reaching out because I'd followed Merle through Russ and Gano a few other things beforehand and been a big fan. I think we actually met like years back through Brendan Canty, but like for a split second. And I always had it in the back of my head, I wanted to send them stuff. And then I found these beats. But what was kind of nice about doing it via Twitter was I could send it and then just delete the Twitter app for the foreseeable future <laughs> if he never came back to me. I just could ignore it. Whereas if I was in the room, I'd see the immediate like rejection and horror of it. That's so this way true. I was like, like, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. So it was a bit about, yeah. I guess, though, to pick up on what Craig said, like, I mean, it, it, I, I've never made music in this kind of fashion. I don't, I haven't made music for a very long time, but it was your standard, like, you know, four lads in a fucking practice room. But I mean, it's weird because, like, I'm a writer, but, like, text, you know, on it, even if it was, even if it was Merley coming back and being like, this is great, I think just seeing it written down in an email, I'd be like, oh. What does he mean no, by that? It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's, but it's just, it's, there's just something so kind of, like, hard, kind of cold about, like, text and, like, the idea of, I, I think, Craig, we talked before about, like, you know, not to compare you guys directly to the strokes. Oh, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to compare you directly to the strokes is what I'm going to do now. But, like, we, you know, like, the idea of, like, I would associate making music that way with, like, almost, like, people who don't want want to be in the same room together you know who are having creative problems personal problems but obviously you know you guys are mates so that's first and foremost but i mean did that in itself kind of merely like did that raise any challenges for you because i know that when we talked before when you were on the show last time it does strike me that like you like going off to these kind of remote places probably by yourself possibly by yourself and like you like maybe that isolation maybe that's kind of like you know maybe maybe you work best in that way and just kind of being able to then distill things after the fact but yeah i mean like in terms of the the track by track process of getting this into an album shape how was it for you because as well of course you're front and center on the vocals as well so yeah like i've always kind of looked like for me my approach to music is always like something that's like you know it's, it's music is a bit of a soul mate to me you know, in a way because it's like it should be a direct reflection of what i'm living you know um that's not like not to say that it's always going to be word for word everything that i'm going through is going to be true but even like let's say if even if i was to write like a fantasy thing it's still coming from my point of view my perspective of it so um i kind of like to write at different times of my life so it's like if i'm traveling i want to see how is that influencing the stuff that i'm writing if i'm stuck in uh, stuck in my house for a year <laughs> You know, I want to see, okay, what do I write? Because it's like for for certain pe- for some people, it might be like, well, if I'm in this kind of situation, I can't write. But my approach is kind of different. It's like I might write some terrible stuff for that season, but I still write it anyway because like that's that's what I was going through at that time. And um, I suppose the purpose of like I kind of cherish every moment, both both the times when I'm alone. And the times when I'm collaborating with people, when I'm surrounded with people, you know, because they're both part of the the Merly experience, you know, in every way. So music is the same with me, for me. Because like, I think the track that I put out, Illegible, was like the first time, the first beat that I, the first time I put out a song that I produced myself as well in a long time. So when um, when Sean heard it and then he got back and it was like, so I was expecting, okay, so he's probably going to send me something like Illegible along the lines of those because it's like okay he heard this 
and he really oh so Merle can do this on this type of beat so he was going to send me something like that but it wasn't what what he sent me was was quite different from that as well and I was like and I was like oh okay cool this is actually this is interesting not what I was expecting but this is good it's, it's a new challenge for me so I love I embrace those challenges I did I always say this thing that when it comes to music I am not trained and but that's also my biggest blessing because the fact that I'm not trained I go into every project, every situation with a, a blank, you know, a blank sheet and just say, okay, cool. Uh, I have no idea if you ask me what key this is in. I'll just say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just the stuff that came in my mind. And that's why, that's why I wrote down. And it's the same even lyrically. If you ask me, oh, why, why did you start writing this or whatever? A lot of the time I just start writing. And then in the end, I might be like, oh, okay, so this is actually about this. Uh, but I don't, I rarely ever start off thinking, oh, I'm going to go and write about this. But now when it, when it comes to this project, though, there were times where I will hear certain beats and I'd be like, do you know what I do? I'm just going to sing on it. I'm going to sing on this. But then I'll be like, Sean, do you know what? This, this one here, this particular one here is going to require is like, exaggerated autotune or whatever like i want to be like lou dirk or something you know like <laughs> i want to go all the way there with this one and then this one i want to go all the way here so that was the fun part because it's like i don't want it to just be like the typical what merle would typically do i don't even know what that is today to myself but um yeah that's the thing it's, it's just about being like open to embrace whatever whatever was coming and then as we continue to have conversation again to know each other as we moved along, like you start to kind of leave some of your preconceived notions of like, okay, this is what should be expected of a, a rapper in this time or this, this and that. So I was just like, look, I'm here in like, I'm in Cuba and in the middle of nowhere. I, I, no one knows me here. I have, I don't even know how to ask for a recording studio. So I'm just going to rent a room somewhere here and then record it in it and then move on to the next one. And this is what we did. This is what I did when I was here. And then I was talking to Sean and then this is the product of it. You do, like on a lot of the new material, you sound like a kind of kid in a candy store or maybe a Cuban candy store where it's just like, it's all the different avenues <laughs> you're exploring. It's so much fun. And Sean, you're, you were going to tweet, I remember you tweeting like, uh, who knew Merle would sound so good over like Krautrock? Uh, me <laughs> that's who very prescient of you but it totally works when you were conjuring up these beats what were you kind of hoping expecting thinking Merle would bring what is that unique thing I guess I'm basically saying like, can I, you compliment him now <laughs> quite a lot no problem I do it all the time now it was a bit tying into what Dave uh, said was like how do you read a text message as what like anything more than a bit cold and it was uh I don't know, you could just pick up on the energy the minute I sent it to Murray. There was just a buzz off it. He was like, the response was so different to when I'd sent it to other people. I'd been working on an album previously that I scrapped and I was felt like I was dragging people over the finish line to get vocals back or ideas off them. And with Murdy, it was just buzzing straight away. And like, there were lots of flame emojis being sent back and forward to one another. And then it was just like, every time it was just like, okay, he's jumped in a totally different way to where I expected. So let me send him something that he might not expect. And I think both of us are a bit... Um, yeah, like we're interested in all sorts. And that was the whole attraction of it. It was like, let me see how we can piece together 
totally different aspects than what Murley might be expected to be making. So I don't think anybody would expect, well, maybe they would have expected him on a Krautrock beat, but I hadn't heard it up till then. Or like, let's do a beat based on a kind of a 90s R&B tune, like a Mario Let Me Love You style vibe on one of the tracks. Sean's and favourite song of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite song of all time. No lie. Since I'm about 15. It's a damn good song. song. It's, it's, it's a, a very good choice. Song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that has never changed even like during my emo days or whatever i was like no i'm not i'm not hiding your north this one star from the central <laughs> yeah. <bank> <laughs> yeah yeah but, but hang on can i ask you during your emo days did you hide it did you play tough no, guy no absolutely oh wow so everyone knew well i also went i also went to school in donamede in the grange and like basically everybody went with their top mario let me love you it was cool and they could beat up my emo friends so i had protection it was like a <laughs> It was a safety net. Um, <laughs> no, but it was it was just a buzz. It was just like, I think anybody, not that there'd be lots of people out there who would, but anybody who knows the music I make, it, it tends to be quite varied from one track to the next. It's like, even last year I released something that was totally different than what was before, but there tends to be maybe a bit of a tread in there, I think, in terms of the atmosphere of them. And I think that was what I was conscious of. Although I wasn't building it towards an album, I was like, okay, I want to try a different type of beat or a different type of percussion or different keys or whatever but I always wanted to keep it in the same world in some way so that there's a cohesiveness to it because I didn't want to make it in I never wanted to make a mixtape but Murdy was like I want this to be a good body of work whether it's three songs ten songs or like whatever in between so yeah that was kind of the idea I suppose and Sean can I ask you like I mean like and it's up to you kind of how much of this you want to get into and totally cool either way but like I think I wonder does this project represent something of a rebirth for you because there was a point last year and I think you did tweet out I think you did all but say like I think I'm done like I think you said that you were considering walking away from music and uh, obviously a lot has happened since then and I know you've been very active in numerous different things but obviously this project in particular does to me feel like some kind of lifeblood or something and I wonder did it take working with someone like Merle and and, or, or was there kind of a conscientious decision along the way to kind of reverse how you were feeling and i know that like you know it wasn't a dramatic pronouncement it was more of you being honest with people so i guess Mm. if you want to take us through that like yeah i don't think it was ever conscientious but like uh, as you know dave from our own conversation i tend to shoot a bit from the hip i probably don't think about things as long as i should but that's why i love you man yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah well from a bit of the love you too buddy uh from the from the background i hate not reciprocating when somebody says i love you so he's forced today Uh, yeah yeah, yeah. we all love you clarified (laughs) wouldn't have occurred otherwise no 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 of course dave knows it's true but uh now in uh i think there was a weird crossover between my personal circumstances and and this project me and Merle had started putting some tracks together and at the same time i had started working on an album well actually the album musically was finished and i was trying to get vocalists together and there was some interest from a label and felt like it was moving really well and then uh yeah my brother's daughter was diagnosed with terminal cancer my dad was diagnosed with cancer and there was just a load of other personal shit that happened quite in a very short space of time a few family members and friends passed away where you were just like okay this is like super intense and i with my own music it tends to involve a lot of like i don't want to sound overly like uh up my own arse basically but like i do a lot of digging into myself to try and get what i'm trying to get across so like even if it's instrumental i'm really trying to get something across if i'm writing lyrics for somebody else or vocals i'm very clear on what i want them to say and how i want them to sing it and that takes a lot out of me and i was working with people for a variety of different reasons where i was like 
the tracks were coming together quite nicely and maybe someday they'll come out but i felt like i was like like i said earlier dragging it along but also dragging myself through it and then just things got super overwhelming personally and i remember i i think i pinged uh murdy a message we'd just gotten the tracks i just finished mixing the tracks i think and we're getting ready to send them for mastering and I was just like, I just need to pause this whole thing. It was somewhere at the start of last summer. I was like, I can't do it. I can't focus on it. My head's not in it. I'm not enjoying the music. And the whole time it was all about enjoying it. So like when I announced the Cobina thing was was over, so it, it kind of is still at the moment. I don't really have any Cobina music. Well, I have tons and tons of tracks, but I haven't really been writing it. And we'll see what happens. But this has just been so enjoyable i think it was somewhere around september last year i texted murray i was like i'm ready to go and he was like yeah let's do it but even in the interim of that like we were touching base with one another being like how's it going um just as mates i think and i think that's what was nice about it it was just like it wasn't like this scary thing to pick up the phone to murray and be like hey man uh you know that project we worked on a year ago do you think we could do it because it wasn't a financial or a business arrangement it was just like two people who like making music doing it together so it kind of gave me a kick up the arse and started moving with it and then I started getting excited excited about it again and I suppose that's hopefully that'll feed into something else but I'm trying not to uh, put too much thought into it I suppose yeah pressure pressure don't treat my momentum check the notice board you're not welcome pressure pressure leave my mental get amnesia when I'm mentioned pressure pressure Leave my mental, get amnesia when I'm mentioned. Pressure, pressure, don't treat my momentum. Check the notice board, you're not welcome. You're not welcome. It's like you want my heart to leak every time I split my mouth to speak. The imbalance favors those who can lie through the teeth like a tooth. And as a project, it does feel like it's really you two guys. Like I think you've talked about it as like a total coalescence. Um, even some of the press shots, uh, kind of, it's a new approach. It's this alter ego thing. I loved it straight away. It's like this mutant version of like Mad Villain or something. Really good shots. But it's interesting going into like a full length. Uh, and working on various themes or stuff about like quite modern anxieties, you know, the uncertainty of the future, um, aligning, I guess, your guys' ideas together and, you know, having a united front in terms of the message of the record and the vibe that we're putting out. Did that come easily? Did you feel like you were kind of simpatico in terms of what the song should be saying? Yeah, I'll say something quick on this because I think Merle knows the most about the content in terms of the yeah. lyrics. But like uh, my general feeling was well, I wouldn't work with Murley if I didn't feel like it, it kind of, but not to be too uh, new age, modern about it, but a good energy off it. Like everything that was coming back, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And what I could hear in the lyrics was he was challenging himself on his own preconceived notions. There's lyrics on there where he's like, hey, maybe I shouldn't have said this or I shouldn't have done this. So like, who am I to stop him from like addressing his own issues in a way or his own preconceived notions? And that's what I'm constantly doing is kind of criticizing my own behaviors to try and get better as a better person in a way and like that's what it came across to me so whatever the topic was I was like yeah I'm in full support of this and I'm also into it and it just so happens we align on quite a lot of that stuff I think yeah for sure and it's always one of those things where it's like um I think for me since I started making music um especially like working with different producers back in the day like you know like Naive Ted and my name is John there was something in there because there were actual like 
musicians, there weren't people who just made beats, it was like, but they, their beats were songs. And, and, and I remember when they used to send me beats and I'd be like, oh, wow, this beat is already saying something. So, like, the challenge was, like, how do I interpret what that beat is saying and then how do I, like, complement the beat? As opposed to just, like, hearing, okay, this is 140 BPM. I'm just going to go and do, um, just going to do some grind bars on this 140 BPM yeah. song and then that's what it is. It's always like, okay, I'll listen to it over and over again and say, okay, cool, there's, like, a sentiment here. Um, even though I might not know the team, but it's like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. And does that actually work with what this beat is telling me here? Um, so then w- w- when, I, when I started working with Sean as well, it's the same thing. Because it's like, okay, there's, there's a feel here uh, as well. And I'm not just going to be like, if the beat feel like it's winter, <laughs> just because I'm in like 40 degrees somewhere in Trinidad doesn't mean that. Oh, okay, so let's just turn it into a summer song i mean there was like i'm hearing like a, a cold you know it should be somewhere up in the mountains in like siberia or something um so that is like just being uh just being conscious of like okay this is there is a feel there is a feel here throughout this song and then not matching it but just 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 being aware of that um as i write to to it um so yeah that's 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 kind of how that's kind of how they, they they came along really uh, Merle, if I could ask you, I mean, you said something earlier, like you mentioned lyrically, you mentioned that you might not know where you're going necessarily in that regard, or maybe yeah. as you're, you're even kind of saying it there as well. Like, I mean, like where you are doesn't necessarily mean where you are in your head. And I'm, I, I think, I think over the years interviewing people, I'm increasingly reluctant to ask people to spell it out because it's a very personal thing and yeah. ambiguity is great, right? But I think with like, so take a track like Terrified, which was the yeah. first release. Um, it was a pleasure to listen back to it again now in the context of the album, especially because, I mean, I know this is like one of the most used words in the music journalist book, but like this song is such a grower to me. I always liked it, but it makes a lot more sense to me now. And I kind of hear mm. Craig kind of alludes to the anxieties and like that kind of even like, I guess Sean's kind of John Hopkins-esque kind of mood in the background, which I, listen, I, I, I love that stuff so much. But it made a bit more sense to me now. And then it's it's funny because, like, you combine that with, like, the new single, Pressure, and even even those names alone spell out, like, you know, very kind of potential stark states of mind. But what I got from you throughout the record was that I couldn't pin you down at all in a good way. And what I thought was interesting was, and I don't know if this is the last line of the album, but I feel like it's one of the last lines, if not the last one, but... The last thing I can recall you saying is thank you. And to me, I was like, it felt like you were saying it to yourself. And I know that's me kind of projecting quite a lot out there, but I almost felt like you were taking us through this kind of very specific, you know, through line that is simultaneously for the listener, but also something very, very personal for you. So that's why earlier on when you said like, you know, lyrically, I'm not sure where I'm at. I was like, yeah, I was like, cause I have no fucking idea either, but I love it. <laughs> like it felt like you were kind Thank of you. Like, <laughs> conf- confessing stuff to us that like, you know, like, like that kind of shared experience thing where it's like, I have no idea what he's necessarily going through, but there's a, there's a seam here. And, and I think it works. I think it's, it links up really, 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 really well with the music. Like it, it very much kind of like, I found it hard to, tune out of i kind of put it on today a few times and i put it on for at one stage i was trying to read some like stories for a radio thing i had to do and i couldn't focus on the words because i just kept listening into what was on my headphones so um yeah as always i don't have a question here it's just me rambling yeah but uh, now it's interesting that you pick uh that song that last song because the sequence was something i was really keen on i think like we're music fans first and it's like the story of a album has always been super important to me but the track out loud i think is the last song and it but it's uh 
it was one of the first songs we did. I think it's like the sixth song we did or something. But as soon as we did it, I was like, that would be a sick album closer because it's like, I use like really basic like Casio keyboard hip hop like samples in it where it's like uh, something you might hear back in the early 90s. But then the synths and stuff I use, I was like, I wonder, could I put something totally different? And when the synth kicks in on that track, I was like, I hope that brings it in a totally different place. But it was really like when Murdy put his vocal on it, it was really like, I don't, not in a negative sense, but like a, a rant. It's like he's up on his fucking soapbox and he's like getting this off my chest. I was like, that's just such a cleansing way to finish the album because it's not like vitriol. It's like, um, yeah, it's just like that feeling when you just ring a mate and you just want to say what you need to Unburden, say and then you just, yeah. they don't even need to answer and you're just like, okay, I'm done. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Especially like with the last shit of the last few years or whatever I think the amount of times I picked up the phone and just sent a voice note and I'm like I don't even care if they don't respond I just needed to like spit that off and that's the vibe I got off that one that was like yeah that was sick and again that wasn't really an answer but it wasn't really a question so it's uh <laughs> but yeah I, I suppose like I think they're all things that we can it's probably why we, we all love music you know I suppose that's the one thing we all definitely have in common here um, it's it's the fact that it allows us to go to that place, you know. Um, and, and as as a musician personally, it's it's a thing that I suppose it's it's, it's a thing that keeps bringing me back to the music because I've had a few moments like that when I just you know when you question this choice that you've made in life, was, you know, to be a musician, um, and, and the type of musician that you have you are, um, comes with its own. I don't want to call them struggles, but, you know, restraints in a way. Um, and, and those are all things that when we have that conversation with ourselves, my, all my songs are conversations I'm having with myself, to be honest. Um, and I listen back to some of them and I'd be like, wow, okay, uh, I've overcome that. You know, <laughs> this one is still very much a thing. Um, but finding an avenue to express them is an important thing to me, for, for me. So, um a lot of the songs on this record actually um, speak directly into where I was when I when I was in all of those different places, you know. Because you always question, I always question like, okay, so what am I doing next? So it's like, uh, you know, had this, just done this project with this and then did this. And then it's like, okay, so, but where am I going though? What exactly is my, my target here? And I'll be honest and say, sometimes I don't know what my target is. You know, um, most of the time I, I kind of, yeah, I know where I want to go in life. But music as a career and the things that come with it, yeah, I have my aspirations as well. But a lot of time you only have the situation you find yourself in to deal with. And you're too focused on trying to, on trying to get out of that situation to even think of what comes next after that. But again, that's why I love collaborations because you get to... Um, you get to feed off of other people's energy as well, and and the thing that they, the things that they bring to the table, and then all of a sudden you for, you forget about your own situation. Because if I'm too caught up in my own ideas of like the things that I'm trying to do or trying to get out of my own head, sometimes I might not actually get out at all. But working with other people just like I suppose it leads to other conversations, and those conversations feed back into the music, and it's like okay, cool, um, I can talk about this now. And I can talk about that in, in that other track. And it's like, and before you know, I was like, oh, yeah. Did I just write a love song there? Jeez. Like, <laughs> you know, so that's a bit strange. But yeah, these are all things where uh, I suppose lyrics is like, as someone who's a lyricist, is like, 
you know, there are times where like as, as rappers are known for freestyling and stuff and, and people have different approaches, but, but my approach is always like ideas, you know? So it's like, I, I, I rarely ever stand without anything that I haven't thought about before. So freestyling isn't really something that just, things just pop out of nowhere. They're things that I've thought about before and then they just come back to me. I recall them in different situations. So when I hear these beats, sometimes I just recall, oh yeah, I remember this line. Just remind me of that line that I like, that I thought of like years ago. And then I'll start off with it. It's like, there's one song on it. I think it's Whispers actually, where it's like, I think the first four lines of it were like lines that I've, they've, I've been playing them in my head, like even way before, way before I called my, like I used Merle as my artist name, you know? Wow. So, so, so way before Risangano and everything. Um, but I just never used them in any song at all. Uh, but hearing that beat for some reason, I just feel like, okay, this is this, yeah, this is the moment. So, so like I use those four words, those four lines, and then the rest of it just flew. And it, and it's a song that I just like, I almost didn't stop. It was just like just from start to finish, it was just barring all the way through. I I love how within your love song as well, you're like, is this a love song? It's very meta, <laughs> very well done. I enjoy that, um, Sean. I think it stops. Yeah, yeah. From being too sacred. Oh, though. totally, totally. It's very knowing, but it works so well. I was going to say, Sean, sweet. Sean's mates and Donna Mead will absolutely fucking love it. Though, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, the Mario like, Posse. Like, That's ours. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it'd be interesting to to like. I suppose hearing uh, you mentioned earlier, Dave, about terrified as well and i think a lot of the songs on this album kind of had that uncertainty thing you know because it's like yes yeah, so i love some am i in love or you know and it's like i think we all go through that you know even in, in your most certain situation where you're like okay yeah this is definitely what's happening there are some days when you wake up you're like is it <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's that's what's happening here <laughs> i was going to turn to sean for a second and just talk about how you know murdy's spoken so much about the importance of location physical stuff but then obviously the importance of collaboration and you obviously being in amsterdam and it being a crazy year and more for all of us and a you know tough year for you and stuff i guess the music keeps you tethered to ireland in a certain way how has amsterdam been in general and how, what's what's the view from amsterdam in terms of what's going on at home has pandemic stuff changed your relationship with home are you chomping at the bit to get back and in studio or where are you at in, in those terms yeah well uh, well that's yeah many layers uh, <laughs> to that question I, I i would say uh firstly put me in charge i'll solve the pandemic no it's uh, <laughs> we're gonna, gonna get political in a minute <laughs> i thought that's where you're going with this i was getting ready to get my anti-vax on like yeah even i was like i was like where is he going with this question? <laughs> <laughs> so, i did I finish with a question though <laughs> no oh, Dave, I, I was notes. off this week okay <laughs> T- take notes Dave. uh no the um yeah so uh, yeah the reason i said it is one i've always worked remotely from people i've collaborated with like nearly entirely my last ep and everything was done via email or calls or whatever one because i get really bad anxiety sitting in front of somebody until i really know them especially when you first reach out to somebody and you say hey this is my music but Normally what I also do is I write the lyrics and I kind of send guide vocals and I can't sing. So that's really embarrassing when I'm sending that on and I'm really particular about them. So you're like writing this poem and you say, hey, this is a poem I wrote. Can you sing this? It's really, it's a bit embarrassing. And that's something that 
when Merley talks about this, it was one of the things I always go back to is that it really felt that there was no ego involved. I wasn't like worried about saying to Merley, hey, I want to deepen your voice on Terrified to make you sound a bit like Sampa. I just went and did it. I was like, I want to make you sound totally different to what you sound like on the verses because I think that's sick. And then sent it to him and he was like, whoa, that, that's exactly what I like about it, but not what I would have said to do. So that was like the first bridge of it. It wasn't that alien to me to do things remotely, but in terms of like the the whole scenario here was we had like an, a weird summer compared to other people in Amsterdam. Basically, the Dutch decided that they were just going to ignore coronavirus and just go mm. with it. Like they were like, yeah, fuck it. This is going to be sick. Just forget about it. Because uh, they're very big on the economy here. Like that's primary one. So we got to have like a great summer. And then it was only like our cases just started going wild. So things were like increasing crazy and people were like, no, no, just pretend it doesn't happen. But like when everybody else is sitting out in bars and terraces and then your friends and family are ringing you from home being like, yeah, yeah, I can't go more than 5K from my house. You're like, oh, what's everybody causing a big deal about? But then there was a real switch in tone here. They brought in a curfew. They were like, okay, everybody stay at home. Everything closed. And to be honest, I've been here five years coming up on in July. I'll be here five years. And I think I'd always had the intention of moving home before, but I was... Uh, it combined probably with what was going on personally and that kind of thing but it was more I really missed the community of musicians particularly but the artistic community in Ireland like despite how badly our government looks after it and how shittily uh, they're supported uh, people defy those odds so often that it's like really enriching and like here it's quite different I've noticed that like if you can if reminded me when I was in New York you would like reach out to somebody and it was immediately like oh what can I get out of you in order for us to collaborate in Ireland it's like if you have a good idea somebody will come along and support it like as in if I I reach out to Murley and he didn't know me from Adam like and he not you Adam but uh, (laughs) he was just like uh, he was like yeah yeah sick let's do it because I like the music I'm not going to ask you for like 80% up front and I'm not going to do this and that's the way I like to work and I really miss that and then I think it just started dawning on me. I was like, if I'm going to settle down and put roots somewhere, that's the kind of environment I want to be in. And that's the stuff that holds more value to me than like the house I'm in, the location I'm in, the like the the coffee shop that's down the road or the quality of weed I can buy from the coffee <laughs> shop. Like it's really all about like, can I connect with people? And do I walk into a, a room at a party and feel immediately among friends even if I've only met you two seconds ago and that's something that like not to harp on but that's really something Ireland has that like you don't get here in the Netherlands massively like the Netherlands the Dutch are very cold when it comes to that stuff they don't mean to me but they'll be like oh yeah these are my group of friends why would I need more friends so you walk to a party and they're a bit like cautious now they're good people they don't mean like any ill of it and you can't take it personally but it's very different I love when you walk into a party and you meet somebody that you've met maybe two minutes before and they like embrace you and they're just like I went to Iceland with Brendan Canty years ago and I ended up meeting Dahi O'Droni for like the second time and we ended up going on a road trip around Iceland together and like became fast friends and then they put me in a car with this dude from Black Rock, who I never met, called David Lester Mooney, who's just like one of the funniest people I ever met. Like he was talking about all his properties and the plumbing problems he had in his various properties. Yeah. And I was just like, this is amazing. But this wouldn't <laughs> have happened if I wasn't friends with like Irish people. This just wouldn't have happened. Like, yeah. So 
again, I think that kind of answers your question. Yeah. Well, yeah, and to be fair to Craig, Craig did ask a question, so I'll try and ask a question in closing, um, and I'll try and keep it on the same theme. Uh, Pressure is the new single. There is an album coming. It's coming in the summer. I'm very excited. We, Craig and I have heard it. We 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 like it. Gets the no encore thumbs up. Tremendous. Um, so I guess it's kind of two part. And Adam as well. Like like Adam is also pointing at himself with. His, <laughs> no, I don't know why you don't have a microphone. I mean, like you, you're a producer. You should have had a microphone. Oh, he hasn't. Okay. <laughs> Send me the album, says Adam. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. Up if you haven't seen. I'll consider it. But it, let, let me ask you in closing. Two part question. Um, Murray, I'll ask you first. Um. First of all, when it comes to, you know, a post-COVID world and hopefully we're all back together, do you envision Regera as a live uh, engagement? Like, would you guys have been building up to a live show, do you think? And also, in the context of the album, what has it kind of given you and what do you want people to take away from it? Because like I say, for me, it, the more I hear this, the more sense it makes, but I feel like I also kind of have to make time for it in the best possible way. And I guess that's what the most rewarding music does. Like if it makes me want to come back to it and stay with it. And that's kind of what I'm getting from my first four or five listens of this album. Yeah. Do you know, um, it, that's a very good question. Cause we, we've been talking about it ourselves. It was like, um, you know, what is he going to sound like live and what, do, what do we look like as a live act? And are we a live act, you know, um, because we're in two different, <laughs> two different countries at the moment. Uh, so we, it's, it's still a it's, it's a conversation we're still having. Um, s- s- when Sean comes home, uh, I say when, not if. Uh, <laughs> uh, when he comes home, yeah. uh, that's definitely something that we, we're going to work on and, and see how do we develop um, a, a live show from. Because I, I think I think it w- I think it will work. I think it will work. Um, it's always been a case of like I think I said as someone who was like a. Um, a lyricist and a vocals are like my thing in this project, you know, cause you're like, how, how is it different from a Merley show? How's, how's, how's Regera different from what Merley we do here or on our lane and all the different projects that, that, that I'm involved in. So, but for me, the key is always like trying to offer people something that feels real and, and, and something they can connect with in a different way. And that's the reason why I love doing these different projects that I love, that I get involved in, because is I, I think different projects tells me different things. And and I just hope that it, it does the same to everyone who listens to them too. So like, I, I hate for you to come across and, and to, to listen to this and be like, oh yeah, that, just, that was just a chill the wheels fall off. It's like, it's like, I don't think it is. Uh, for myself, I don't think it is so... When I when I approach it in a, like a live kind of way, I would love to approach it from a different, you know, different perspective as well. Uh, maybe I wear a mask. Maybe we actually are the new Daft Punk. I don't know. <laughs> oh, big scoop there! Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, it puts me in a difficult position with my with my long standing conflict with Daft Punk. But I'm it's a new leaf. I will support the this project. I'm happy for it to happen. You could have said Slipknot. You said Daft Punk. It's fine. I'll go along with it. Sean, do you echo those sentiments? One more time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We are not the next Daft Punk. That fucking album was trash. Anyway, the uh, uh, next Daily Dan. Oh, totally on your side. Uh, no, also trash. But, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the biggest Steely Dan troll on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always throwing out bait there to see if somebody I've noticed. Take it, but, um, I'll take one of these days. <laughs> deep dive. Now, um, do I echo those sentiments? Uh, I have like severe stage fright, so I hate doing gigs in general. So that has um, 
my uh, Adam's coming for me in the chat there about my Steely Dan conversation about getting a mic mate and then you can talk but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fired up I love like, this, where, where was this guy at the start of the interview like this is going to be like a, a rant episode no <laughs> no nah, nah, for sure no nah, with the live thing uh, to, to stay uh, a bit on track with where I was uh, what I was thinking was that I hate doing live shows generally myself I, I always felt super nervous because it was always that balancing act as an electronic act it's like what am I actually doing up here I can DJ fine no problem did it for years it was my full time job for a period of time but like put me behind Ableton and I'm hitting a few keyboards and I feel like I'm either doing nothing or I set myself this impossible challenge with like six keyboards and I'm playing them with my feet and it's a shit show so I was like always a bit like conscious that I hate live shows I get very nervous smoke 10,000 whatever and then like do a terrible job but with this funnily enough i'm like i feel like some of these songs really need to be heard live like to some of them i'm like i would be buzzing to hear these live so to echo what murdy was saying is that like i'd love to do them live but i'd love to like we did with the press shots see what we can do to like do it differently like there's a million gigs out there so how do you make it like exciting not just for us but like what would i like to see if i was walking in that crowd and be like fuck they did something a bit different like i think you see when somebody thinks about the overall context of the music how big an impact it has whether it's like dave you did that like incredible interview for those i love and like that's somebody who like really has considered the overall context of what they're shown or there's like the electronic musician clue from dublin who's like one of my favorites but good friend as well and he really considers every aspect of it. And when you go see that, it's like another level to the experience. I'm like, if we can come to some sort of, it might not even be visually, it might be just how we play the songs live might be totally different. Or we might do it in a smaller environment or push people into a weird environment like we don't normally do gigs. But something will have to be a bit off about it. I think that's always what excites me about music is when it's it's weird at first and then you keep going back to it because you're like that wasn't quite right actually it's one of my favorite things about Merley when he jumps on a beat is the first time I hear it quite often I'm like that was kind of off he didn't quite hit that the way I expected him I'm like oh he was off the two and the four there maybe I should tell him and then I listen to it again I go oh he's on the one and the one and three quarters and I'm like buzzing off and then it's like it's st- I think music like that sticks with you way longer than something that's perfectly pristine like Steely Dan or something <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh wow final indignation oh, oh my god that was that was, that, that was this seamless this isn't going out isn't it <laughs> such a shame it's a shame that I've I, 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 like hitting the delete button pretty quickly on this one that was, that, that was wonderful that was like that, that, that was like a better segue than I've done in weeks I think you know that was very wow I, I'm blown away by that and I, I don't know enough about Steely Dan but I know that both Adam and Craig are shattered by that comment so bravo and bravo and bravo in general guys on seriously like i mean i, I think this is a beautiful union yeah i think that this album so. has has legs i think it is a full-fledged project and something you should both be very proud of and it's a pleasure even like you know sitting here on a friday on zoom you know i know we're not in the same room but it feels it felt like for an hour there were 45 minutes that we were and i know i can tell the, the, the kind of the reverence that you guys have for each other and it was very very touching just to hear about how you kind of raised each other up during this project and brought it together so I can't wait to be at a show even if you're wearing Daft Punk helmets I'll be there yeah. I know Craig will as well despite the Steely Dan <laughs> trash there it's fine I'll get over it but um 
So yeah, so Regera is the project. Pressure is a new single. There's an album to follow. Merle and Sean, thank you both so, so much for chatting to us on Encore about it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Beautiful. At least on the surface, that's what I call a magician. But my craft's medicinal. If not for you, then me. It's why I'm usually somewhere above the mean. Yeah, it's so hard to read. I go for the heart to please. They want my heart to bleed. So they can feel it's deep. Thank you once again to Merle and to Sean, known together as Regera. The single is called Pressure. It's out on Friday. The album will follow in the summer, so check it all out. Support the guys. They're two of the best going. Uh, also on Friday, of course, the regular No Encore show returns. I'm back on it alongside Craig. We're going to be discussing the new album from Brock Hampton and our top five uh, <laughs> we're going boy bands. It's boy band time. We're doing top five best and worst boy band songs, which uh, I, I know we're both incredibly excited about. So that's going to be a fun one. Uh, as ever, thank you so much for listening to the show. Hugely appreciated. Tell your friends. Word of mouth is everything. The best advertising you can get. And if you want to support the show, support what we do. You can do that at patreon.com slash noencore. You'll get bonus episodes. you get previews of episodes to come. There's loads of playlists on there as well. And a direct line to our hearts, of course, you know. So patreon.com slash noencore. If you want to throw us the price of a pint, it would be hugely, hugely appreciated. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for listening. Check out Regera. Keep an eye on the guys. My name is Dave Hanratty. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. And we're back extremely soon. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Hey, which glasses look better on me? Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Pretty cool, right? Hmm. Uh, I don't know about the purple cat eyes. I think they're fun. What about these tortoiseshell glasses? Or these rimless sunglasses? Oh, what about these clear frames? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep. They also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.